This is Single AF 101, a dating podcast for everyone. This is a special episode that I would like to dedicate to Mac Miller and anyone who has lost their life because of a mental health problem, or to anyone who is a survivor. This is also dedicated to anyone currently having trouble dealing with mental health on any level. Don't you know that sunshine don't feel right when you're inside all day? I wish it was nice out, but it looked like rain. Gray skies are drifting, not living forever. They told me it only gets better. My regrets look just like texts I shouldn't send And I got neighbors and more like strangers We could be friends I just need a way out In my head I'll do anything for a way out In my head You are now listening to Come Back to Earth by Mac Miller. I believe it is hard for us to express things that we are dealing with because we are afraid that people will look down on us. But I wanted to do this episode so that you know that there are people among you who are also struggling with anxiety, depression, stress, loneliness, and addiction, and you are not alone. Mental health can affect the way that we interact with our families, our coworkers, relationships that we've built, and relationships that we're trying to build. I hope that you can find comfort and takeaways from this episode as my guest and I allow ourselves to be vulnerable and honest so that you can find strength and comfort through us. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get into it. <laughs> so my name is Keo. I'm 23. I'm from Miami, but my parents are Puerto Rican. Very proud Boricua. Um, I'm going back to school and I'm really excited about it. And then, you know, everything else is just a guessing game. We'll How just see you? what's going to happen. 23. Uh, my name is Laurel Muller. I am originally from New Jersey. Moved here about four and a half years ago. Um, I'm a loan officer. I am about to be 27. Scorpio season, bitches. Can I just call myself white chocolate? <laughs> Make it ambiguous. I am uh, the definition of white chocolate. Uh, I'm Adrian, I'm 30 years old, uh, Hispanic, uh, I'm a credit agency liaison with, uh, and yeah, I mean, I'm from Texas, Eagle Pass, uh, with my hometown. Yeah, yeah cool. Cool. So I met everybody in this um, specific episode in the SA Singles group, which I know you've been hearing about a lot because I've been recording with a lot of them because I love them and my, they're my new friends. So today, C- the CEO is here. Yes, the CEO is here. That's Lala. The uh, white chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> um, so today we're going to discuss mental health and we'll discuss different aspects of it. So if you want to start, you can go ahead and tell us what you were going to mention before. Okay, so I'm diagnosed with depression, anxiety, and ADHD. I take medication daily, so I have an antidepressant, and I have an an anti-anxiety medication as well. And if I want to be on medication for my ADHD, I can do that as well. But, you know, you hear the medication stacking up as it is, so... (laughs) Trying not to be that crazy pill-popping lady. How old were you when you got diagnosed? Um, I got diagnosed about three years ago when I first moved to Texas. 
and I got diagnosed because the year prior, which was 2015, I was living in Orlando by myself. Mm -hmm. I was like 19 at the time, and I don't know what happened. I don't know if it was being by myself for the first time and living so far away from my family. Well, my parents, because my parents were in Texas with my little sister, but I had aunts and cousins and old childhood friends further down in Miami, but I was technically by myself, and I don't know if that triggered it or what, um, but I'd call my mom crying all the time. I got really overwhelmed. I, I had no idea what was happening to me, and it wasn't until I came and I sat, came home, talked to my mom, and she was like, okay, you need to go see a doctor that I really figured out what was going on. Yeah. So you feel like going to the doctor helped you? Or like oh, they, you definitely. understood it? Like when they told I'm you, like you're like, oh, well. I'm like a major proponent of medication. Like, yeah, very yeah. holistic. I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with holistic methods, but this is literally a chemical imbalance in my brain. There's nothing, it's not like I'm think. no, there's literally something messed up in my brain. So the medication helps. And people, yeah. and I'm talking about the Hispanic community, the black community, tends to be like, oh no, let's just pray it away. And I pray, I believe in Jesus, mm -hmm. but I also believe in talking to my therapist and yeah. taking my medication. It's funny that you say that because my mom and my sister are the same way, but I honestly think that they say that because they don't want to sound cheap and be like, we don't want to pay you to go to the doctor, <laughs> right? <laughs> but either way, because I know that a lot of people who take medication sometimes, I guess they have like side effects, which is what my mom says. So that's why, that's another reason why she doesn't want to take it because it's like you take it for one thing and then you have another problem. But that's not something but that you But that's why experience. you educate yourself. That's yeah. the thing. Anything you're taking and putting in your body, like the minute I started a new medication, my mom is now graduating as a nurse practitioner. She's mm -hmm. been a nurse my whole life. So since I don't understand it completely, I'll give it to her. And she doesn't even understand every medication. She'll literally WebMD the medication, look at all the side effects, and be like, if you start feeling this, if I start, like for example, if I started feeling suicidal, mm -hmm. I told her. And there was a point where I was feeling suicidal, and I switched my medication. And that happened literally like almost a year after I had started that medication. Yeah. So it's literally about you being educated, about having a support system to talk to about it, then it's fine. Like, I'm very annoyed with the stigma around medication. Yeah. Before you moved to Florida, you lived in Puerto Rico? No, I, I was born in New York, raised in Miami my whole life. Okay. Then I moved here for a few months in 2014, and I was like, hate this place. <laughs> and I moved to Orlando by myself for oh, a year. Okay. And then I moved back because that was another thing that added to my depression. My parents were divorcing, and it was mm. incredibly nasty. Yeah. So you got back here, and then what was the time frame before you went to see the doctor? Or how long has it been? Have Actually, you seen, like, pro so, progress? Yeah, I have. It's a little weird for me this year because I lost my dad in December. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely affected my mental health in a way, but not as horribly as people might think because I was on medication before it happened, and I made sure to, like, the minute my dad found out, my mom was definitely like, yeah, don't you dare go try even going a day without it because I can feel it. I can feel it like literally if I get off my medication for a week, I will feel the side effects of it. So when I moved here, I lived with my mom for a few months and then I moved to San Marcos because I was at Texas State. And at, for a while, we were talking about it and I had gone to my therapist once or twice, but I didn't really address it because I had felt a little better mm -hmm. once I was with my mom. But then when I was living in San Marcos by myself, the same thing that happened in Orlando started occurring again. And I was like, I, I can't do this anymore. I can't cry all the time and feel this miserable. So I went to the doctor, told the doctor what's up, and she 
gave me the medication. Yeah. <laughs> so, Lala, you mentioned earlier something about therapy. Can you talk about that? So I'm a firm believer in therapy. Uh, a lot of the classes that I went to in college was mainly based around psychology, sociology, seeing how people work with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and it got so interesting to me that I honestly just do it in my spare time with my friends. You know, like if they're suffering from something, I want to hear them out and I want to see if there are ways that we can get around it because mm-hmm. there are some people out there that aren't necessarily into medication. Um, me, myself, I am very socially anxious, believe it or not. And also I I go in and out of depression depending on like the seasons or what's happening. I think it's a very natural mm-hmm. state to be in. And I think people have a better time with it when they accept that it's a natural state to be in and they're not so rejective of it. Mm-hmm. So um, something that I really try to do is make sure that I relate. Everybody goes through it. Mm-hmm. Everybody has the issue. Yeah. You're not the only one. You know, and believe it or not, one of the main reasons why I started SA Singles is because, you know, I felt like I didn't have a lot of friends. I didn't have a lot of people that were very like-minded. There were a lot of people that were trying to, let's say, hide their depression with alcohol or, you know, marijuana or anything else that they would want to drown themselves in other than dealing with the specific issue. Um, So I'm a firm believer in kind of trying to find the source of it Mm -hmm. and nip it in the bud, see where it came from. There are a lot of things that stem from parents, you know, social influences, the the environment that we're in. You know, there's so many different things that, that relate to why you're depressed. Instead of uh, dealing with the symptom, I prefer to figure out what the sickness is. Yeah. I think that's a big deal. Yeah, I think that makes sense because I feel like the reason why there is a stigma and the reason why a media affects people the way that it does is because because of the stigma that's behind it but everybody deals with it mm-hmm. and I think a big issue is let's say I'm upset for whatever reason and I and to me it feels really big but to somebody else it might be really small mm-hmm. I don't want to mention that to somebody else because then they're going to make me seem like I'm tripping or like I'm crazy mm-hmm. so it's just like I'm just not going to say anything about it but something I would it. say would be to upgrade your friends yeah <laughs> because yes. at the end of the day there's nothing that Adrian can tell me mm-hmm. that I'm going to be like oh that you're a small person I'm going to hear him for exactly what his issue is and offer yeah. the best advice that I can as a friend because that's what we need to do for each other. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, uh, treat yourself like you would a best friend and yeah. then get, use that as a gauge for your circle. And it, yeah. it does pay off. Um, you know, you will see friends react to you differently and everything, but it is part, like your support system, Akio was mentioned earlier, you do need a support system because sometimes you, without knowing me, could revert to your coping mechanisms mm-hmm. or, you know, just revert back to a more of a defensive state, kind of like yeah. a, I think the term's kind of like isomorphing. So if there's like a certain trauma or a trigger, why, let's say hypothetically, growing up, there's someone, you know, a child saw both of their parents arguing over the dishes. Later on, he or she grows up and they there's an argument over dishes, but why, like, why are the dishes such a big yeah, key of yeah. the argument? Well, retrospectively look back, the dishes aren't done because it's tied to your parents divorcing. That's a huge trauma. You saw them constantly arguing, then they were never together. Mm-hmm. You didn't know the full scope of that. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's also being aware of yourself. The biggest part is being aware of yourself. Because like me and myself personally right now, a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, David, called me out. He's like, where have you been the last week or so? I was like, I've, in my mind, I was like, I've been, I've been working. Thing is, I didn't realize that I stopped reaching out to my friends and vice versa. Like, I was just, my thing was just, I'm busy. Mm-hmm. And I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. And then, 
I didn't realize that I reverted for some reason. I don't know what the trigger is. If it wasn't for that support system, I'd still be in that mental state. You know, that's part of yeah it goes back to the support system thing. It's it's crucial. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think, like you said, self awareness is a really big thing mm-hmm. because sometimes. It's taken me a while to get there, how to deal with things, because a lot of the times I would just be upset and I wouldn't want to be around anybody because I knew if I'd be around people, I'm going to you know, take it out on them and I'm not going to explain to them why I'm upset. So I've even been working on now, like if I'm frustrated and I need to just say something to the person that I'm frustrated at, like I really have to like breathe, and like take a moment <laughs> to get my life together so that I don't say it in a way that's going to be like, you know, spiteful or like sharp just to have the conversation or whatever the case may be. But also, this is a big thing in regards to relationships. I used to, whenever I would be upset or want to address something, I always want to do it immediately because I'm very big on communicating. And I Mm -hmm. felt like when I'm feeling this way, this is when we need to have the conversation because I'm upset and you need to make me feel better right now. So something that I would love to share with you is a revelation that I had about, let's say, two years ago. And I realized that my initial reaction is not how I feel. And once I realized that concept, I was able to kind of hone in on, okay, if my initial reaction was anger, why am I angry? Am I angry at that topic? Am I angry at that person? Am I angry at myself? Uh, There are so many things that I could be angry at. There's a really good chance it's not that specific person. And it has a lot more to do with how I feel about whatever's going on. So it's like if if you do take that hour or two hours just to decompose, decompress, whatever it is that you need to do to relax. <laughs> just just disappear in the way. <laughs> whatever it is you need to do to relax, like that's important for you to be able to have a constructive conversation about what it is that you're bothered by. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. I've learned because I have a temper. I'm very temperamental. No. Like, they know. They know. <laughs> you don't I am say. incredibly <laughs> temperamental. My ADHD is the aggressive kind. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the reasons I'm very like in your face and my mom's thing with me this past year has been like don't let your emotions control you you need to control your emotions Mm -hmm. and I'm honestly telling you that something I struggle with still and it's really hard but I do try and take that initiative because especially if I'm having a fight with someone that I care about deeply Mm -hmm. I don't want to say something that will break that relationship I currently Mm -hmm. had to put a break between a friend of mine and I because she crossed the line uh, pertaining to my dad's death and obviously that's something I'm incredibly sensitive about and I'm very honest about that that that's something that affects me daily mm-hmm. um, she said something incredibly insensitive and I told her she crossed the line and she said it out of concern and I told her I understand that and I appreciate that but the way you said it I do not accept your apology for it you have been unhappy for X Y and Z mm-hmm. and I'm starting to feel it and you start taking it out on me when you know I'm dealing with my own set of issues whenever I say something or I bring something up that has nothing to do with her. Mm-hmm. Like, and to me, it's just kind of like, I've learned this past year also that sometimes, even though we do have these important relationships with people and people that matter and mean something to us, sometimes those fights are necessary because it's kind of like, I need to do better for myself. Mm-hmm. I have things that I need to accomplish. And if you're just gonna bring me down or be miserable 24 seven, Why am I going to have you in my life? I have zero issue cutting out people. That's something I've learned thanks to my mental health. Because if I am the way I am, and I I am honest with everyone from the get-go, how I am, how I act, 
my attitude. I think they know by now that I'm not, <laughs> I'm a very clear, honest, see-through person. Nothing about me. You're not going to see something and then see something else. You're, you, you see what you get. Is that how you get what you see? Just... You get what you see. I'm sorry, my first. Hey, I don't speak the English very good. <laughs> my first uh, language is the Spanish. Um, so to me, it's just kind of like putting, going back to what Lala said, like, like taking a step back and being like, okay, I need to be careful how I'm talking to this person because this is someone I care about. But also thinking. Does this mean that maybe it's time this person and I either end this relationship or I take a step back? Because I'm talking about particularly just from a friendship point of view, but let's put that in the context of dating. Mm -hmm. Like if I got into a fight with an, a, an ex, and I told my ex, and I, when it comes to dating and me telling, a, like I'm super honest about it, mm -hmm. but when it comes to a guy and I know that the guy doesn't know that, I ease that into them. Because my ex, for example, literally the first time, the first thing he said after I told him, he was like, so does that mean if we get into a fight, you're going to cry? And I kind of wanted to backhand him and be like, <laughs> no, you ignorant fuck. Yeah. And I mean, it goes back to him not being educated, obviously. Yeah. And I feel like maybe I did educate him a little bit because I was like, no, that's that's not how that works. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The person isn't something that because you say something mean to me, I'm going to cry. That's probably not going to happen. I'll probably get very angry. <laughs> um, but it yeah. made me realize that when I talk to men, because I am a straight woman, um, when I talk to men about my mental illnesses, I have to make sure that they realize what they're coming in contact with mm -hmm. because it's not something everybody gets. Mm -hmm. It's not something everybody's dealt with in the past. And I have to be understanding of that, but they also need to be understanding of, well, then how do I navigate this with you? Mm -hmm. like, and that's something that I definitely have some experience with just because I've taken... I've taken into consideration all the different types of people in my life and I try to be that supportive person that understands them mm -hmm. because at the end of the day I, I just want to be a friend. I just want to be mm -hmm. as good of a friend as I could possibly be and that makes me feel fulfilled that someone who is going through those things knows that they can reach out to me and I'm not going to judge them and they can say the pettiest BS they want to say, that's absolutely fine, but I will, they also need to be accepting of what I say, they need to be willing to have that communication and have that conversation because the hardest part about trying to date someone that is going through those things is not like it's impossible, right? It's not like it's not like you can't date if you've got some issues with mental illness or depression. Mm -hmm. You absolutely can, but you need to be open to having conversations about it. You need to be open to letting me know how I can make your life better and easier by entering into it because if I enter into a person that's blocked off, there's no two-way, it's not a two-way communication. I can think you're the greatest person in the world, but if every time we get on the topic of your family, you close up, how are we supposed to move forward in that direction? How am I supposed to shed light in there for you? How am I supposed to open that up into something that's a little bit happier for you? Mm -hmm. So like as people you know, listening to this who are just friends who have never dealt with any kind of mental illness in their life because those unicorns are out there. They've never had depression. They're just the happiest go lucky people ever. No, that like shocks me. When unicorns. I meet someone, I'm like, you don't have any? What? You had a good upbringing? Right. What? What? <laughs> what? So they're out there, but they, yeah. they literally don't know how to deal. 
they don't know. You know, uh, why are you sad all the time? I don't know, bitch. I wish I wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I wasn't. Yeah. I wish I could control this, but I can't. But mm-hmm. what would help is you not getting in my face about it. What would help is you understanding that I might just need a hug and some good food. The hell? That's yeah. true. Sometimes it's not even about needing to talk about it. It's just mm-hmm. like... Finding I, comfort. Yeah. Just looking for mm-hmm. something to feel comfortable in. You know? So like, hey, Adrian likes to draw. I know that about him. You know? Q likes to have quality time. I know that about her. Right? And and we're not all like the closest people in the world, but I'm close enough to them to know that if they needed to, something to get pepped up, that I can probably think of something. You know, and that's just all that we can do as people to help each other. Because whether you're depressed or you're not depressed, you can still reach out to someone who has been in hiding for a week. Yeah. <laughs> as someone who has had a mental yeah. breakdown in front of Lala, I completely back her up saying that she will be there for you. Yeah. Yeah. A thousand percent, man. And and the, the idea is if I can allow someone to be that vulnerable, one day I'm going to need it too. You know, you're the unicorn, first of all. Why is that? I was thinking about this last night and it made me so sad. I don't feel like, other than like my mom, and I have like one other friend, so I, I don't want to exclude her because yeah, I don't think it would be fair to, but I just haven't known her that long. Mm-hmm. And then I'm leaving, so we'll see if that relationship stays as strong as it is, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I don't have anybody who I could like lean on like that who is a friend. So for me, being in the SA Singles group, I'm like, all of a sudden I have all these friends. Mm-hmm. Everybody's so genuine and everybody, um, for the most part, is like-minded as far as I can tell and things like that. So I'm not close to anybody in the group. And if I needed to reach out, I know that there's people who I could and I honestly would feel comfortable enough to do that. But prior to the group, I didn't have anybody. And I, I would say that to, like, my mom or, like, uh, my one friend who I just mentioned. I'm like, I don't have any friends. And they're like, yeah, you do. Da-da-da. I'm like, I have associates and people who are, like, cool, but not anybody who I can not talk to if I feel sad. Yeah. 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 And then in regards to, like, dating, I feel like that's a really big thing for me to consider when trying to date also. Mm-hmm. Because I've, I don't – it will make me feel vulnerable opening up to somebody and letting somebody in mm-hmm. because I haven't even had a friend who stuck around. Right. And obviously none of my relationships worked out, so I'm single. Mm-hmm. So it's like how do I build a relationship, even with friends even. Yeah, it's it's even difficult with friends. Mm-hmm. Building a relationship, just knowing that from all my past experiences, nobody has ever, like, stuck around. Mm-hmm. Other than, like, my family, which doesn't even count. Right. As far as, you know – what I think, but either way. But dude, yeah. I've been here for years by myself. Mm-hmm. By myself. I've been put in situations where I've had no choice but to pick myself up when I'm feeling down. Yeah. No choice but to leave my house when I don't want to. No choice but to figure out how to make money when I have $60 in my account for the entire Amen. month. I've been there too, yeah. You know, like <laughs> you go through those those experiences as an adult and by yourself and it kind of just makes you realize what would I have liked in someone else at that time? Mm-hmm. Be that person. Yeah. Yes. That's it. Mm-hmm. Be that person because at the end of the day, if I can touch two people, three people, one person, I don't care. I made a difference in someone else's life. So it's just really about trying to be the change. And especially when it comes to mental health and and trying to date and be out there. Yeah. Just be supportive. And if you see someone who's actively excluding themselves, actively isolating themselves, like the the best thing you can do is just reach out. They may not even say hi the first time. They may tell you to fuck off the first time. But we're also asking important questions Questions, that nobody asks you. And we've done health questions, health, health, mental health questions. And that's how people know that I have this. And that's Mm -hmm. how I know Adrian has dealt with anxiety and Lala's dealt with whatever she's dealt. And so and so has dealt with whatever. And people start saying, 
if you need a friend, I'm here. And I know that they mean it. Yeah. Right. So, and plus, it's kind of great because everybody's saying, well, so you never know. Your boo might be telling you, I need you. And then you slide into the end. <laughs> like, oh, let me cry on your shoulder. And then, boom, you're together. Yeah. <laughs> but generally speaking, the other, one of the main things that I do want to say is if you are feeling some type of way, uh, you need to communicate. No matter what it is, no matter what it is that you feel, it could be depression, it could be anxiety, it could be ADHD, it could be, you know, suicidal thoughts, it could be whatever the fuck's going on in your brain that doesn't feel right. Yeah. The last thing that is good for you is not talking about it. Even if you talk about it to your dog, which hits home for me because I have a dog and I live by myself. So even if you talk about it with your dog, it doesn't matter. Let it out. Yes. You know, write it down if you don't feel like you have anybody to, to talk to or you're not comfortable with it. Write those thoughts down. And then, you know what? Read them back to yourself. Yes, I agree with that exercise. Um, Read when, them back. Whenever you're at your worst, write it down. Get it out of your head. Something's going on, like, underneath, you know, your conscious level. Mm-hmm. Just what's going on, get it out, express it. And then go back to it. Once you it, the dust settles, you're good to go. You're, you're, you're you again. Go back, analyze it. Mm-hmm. What's going on? What could this be pertaining to? What did my memories or what sparked or where was I placed back instantly when this happened? Mm-hmm. Like the example of the dishes. Mm-hmm. Why did that happen? Well, because I was back, maybe I was three, four, six years old mm-hmm. and I was seeing this conflict. That is like a sense, like an isomorphic. Again, you're going back into your inner child. And sometimes we can't express that because the coping mechanism comes on. We need we have roles to fulfill. We're mm-hmm. we're employees. We're friends. We're boyfriends. We're girlfriends. We're all scopes of everything, and it's, you just have to you know push forward. So those are your coping mechanisms. Yeah. Just automatically just putting your armor back on for you. Mm-hmm. So if you express those thoughts through whatever comes out as like let's say you write them down, mm-hmm. and you go back and you analyze them, you can kind of go work backwards, mm-hmm. and it really helps. It really helps. Because yeah. a lot of the stuff that I feel like I had to go through, because I went through therapy for, I'm going to say, eight months or so after my breakup. I had a long-term relationship, and and um, it, it affected me so much more than I wanted it to. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be the strong person. I wanted to be the person that was unaffected. I wanted to be this person that just came out at the top, you know, rose. Wanted but the breakup. <laughs> just wanted, you know, because I was doing so good for myself. But at the end of the day, I was really just hurting myself because I wasn't properly dealing with anything that I need to deal with. So that therapy really helped me realize that, hey, when you're feeling something, more than likely it do, it's a trigger for something else. Mm-hmm. And when you can figure out what that something else is and you understand it in your heart that that's what that something else is, that problem no longer triggers you and you can move forward from it. But the people that just drown it with alcohol, the people that don't want to deal with it, they're going to be the ones that keep getting triggered and they can't get out of this cycle mm-hmm. of depression because they're not actually taking the time to sit down and figure out what the issue is you know like some of my issues stem with self-worth any woman in the world can understand that Mm -hmm. just straight up self-worth you can look at a magazine and cry because you're just not that good looking right Mm -hmm. hey it's all good dude because you're good looking to somebody else but that's gonna stem from somewhere Mm -hmm. did your mom tell you you were ugly did the kids in school make fun of you? You know, like what what happened at that time period that when someone says this word, mm-hmm. you're just upset. Like that's something that needs to be talked about. That's something that you need to explore. If yeah. you're gonna be brought into tears or anger immediately, your emotion gets changed, tainted, whatever, by one sentence, it's not the person. It's 
it's what you're dealing with on your inside that you need to you need to, to fix so you know mental health and coping mechanisms is something that we all as a society need help with because nobody really tells us hey you probably shouldn't smoke cigarettes if you're kind of feeling anxious you're gonna get addicted yeah. to it because that's the only way you can cope with anything now yeah you know you probably shouldn't take a few shots if you're feeling sad because now that's the only way you're going to feel like you won't feel sad anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's very important for us as a younger generation to understand what coping mechanisms are so that we can figure out how to not have them anymore, deal with whatever it is that we're dealing with, and then let those things be social. Let those things be what they're meant for, and that's just having a good time with your friends on the weekend. It's not trying to drown in your misery. It's trying to have a little bit of fun and be social. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no reason to puke at a bar. There really isn't. But if you're or super depressed, but, <laughs> but if happens. you're super depressed, it happens more often than not, you yeah. know. Or like every time I see you, you're drunk. What's up with that? You know that like that's that's a that's a, a thing for me, a red flag for me that says you need someone to talk to. Yeah. Right. So just as a as a whole, as a younger generation, I feel like we should just be mindful of each other yeah. and ourselves and just be aware of it. It goes back. It really goes back to being self-aware and communicating. Yeah. That that's really it because the person who's going through it needs to be self-aware that that is what's happening. Yeah. yeah. It has nothing to do with maybe the person that said it and everything to do with what you're associating so, those words with. But so if, it, if it's something that really does, I call it a visceral response because there are certain times where people say things and I feel hot mm -hmm. on the inside. Yeah. And there's nothing I can do about that. It's literally a visceral response, right? Mm -hmm. So if, if I'm somebody who likes to hit the gas, right, just to give you an example, mm -hmm. I hit the gas on my life, right? I want to go as fast as possible or switch lanes. Mm -hmm. That's it. So if somebody comes by and they're like, oh, pump the brakes, heat arises from me. Because who are you to tell me to pump the brakes? You have mm -hmm. no idea who I am and what I'm trying to accomplish. Are you fear-based? And then I go nuts. <laughs> okay? Are you coming from a place of fear? Are you coming from a place of knowing better than me? Let's talk this out because yeah. I'm pissed. But at the end of the day, that's just me needing to like, calm down. That person might just care about me. Yeah. They might just care about me, right? So it, it's very similar to your your reaction is not how you feel yeah you know so having that conversation helps because then you can be like okay that made me upset let's just talk about it really quick so I can figure out why that made me upset I'm not upset at you yeah I'm upset at the context of this conversation mm -hmm. right now and I need you to help me get through this because yeah. I don't like that feeling inside of me mm -hmm. and I don't want to have it again you know so now in the future if you're having a similar conversation you know okay the reason why I don't like this is because it goes back to my dad Mm -hmm. And I don't appreciate the context of this conversation. Mm -hmm. So if you'd like to be my friend, please don't trigger me. Because there's really nothing I can do about this. But you can care about me enough mm -hmm. to not maybe not talk about it. Yeah. If you want to continue to be my yeah. friend. Because if, if it's not something that you can really control, that needs to be your next step. You know, just like I really can't control that I get mad when people tell me to slow down. But I can tell that person, hey, I'll talk to you in an hour. Mm -hmm. I can't tell them that, yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't want to yeah. say anything that's going to maybe ruin this friendship, but I can definitely talk to you in an hour. Honestly, mm -hmm. yeah, I agree. Well, especially, so my thing is that I'm always the youngest amongst my friends. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm 23, everybody here is like yeah. way old, and that's always <laughs> been the case. So old. I've always Love had older friends, and of course, when they see something, especially because, you know, everybody's older, they've either gone mm -hmm. through or they've witnessed whatever I've gone through, I've also learned that even though I don't agree with what they say, 
I know that they're coming from a place of concern because I'm the same way. Like, mm-hmm. the, my immediate visceral reaction when someone tries to correct me is to get upset. And that's something I've been working on. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's why my mom says, you need to control your emotions, not let them control you. Because I'm like that. I'm very defensive. Yeah. I'll be like, why are you telling me what to do when you have no idea right. what I've gone through, what I've experienced, what I've had to do to get to where I am. Yeah. But again, people don't know that about me. They don't know my past trauma. Mm-hmm. They don't know what I've had to do and what I've struggled with to get to where I am. Yeah. So I've learned because I'm always the baby and it's always going to happen. I've accepted it. I've learned that sometimes I need to let people voice their concerns. That mm-hmm. Lala, Lala's done it with me. She's mm-hmm. been like, um, I'm concerned about some of your habits. And I'll hear her out and I'll be like, well, this is why. I mean, we, we talked about it on yeah, Sunday yeah. too. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a little bit of a drinker. I'm not going to lie. Also, my defense, I'm a, uh, I'm planning on being a viniculture and enneology major, which is, I'm practically majoring in wine. Mm-hmm. That's the industry I want to break into, so I love wine. So <laughs> I was triggered when you were like, oh, they're drinking wine every day, and I'm like, oh my god. You don't understand. It's an experience for me. I love it. Yeah. Um, maybe not wine, like hard liquor. Like, there's no, no reason like, to have a No, I don't do hard hand. liquor. Yeah. No, no, no I, don't do, I don't do hard liquor like that. That's true, though. That's something I've also learned. That's why I don't drink hard liquor either. Because I've learned that if I drink hard mm-hmm. liquor, especially while on these antidepressants, it worsens me. Yeah. So that's why, I, literally, whenever I'm out drinking, all I drink is wine. And even that, I shouldn't be drinking. But that's all I drink. I yeah. literally don't drink anything else. Because I know anything heavier or stronger can cause me to act a certain way. As it is when I'm drunk, Mm -hmm. I do sometimes get social anxiety and I get overwhelmed. And I have to tell Damien, hey, I need to take a break. I'm feeling really overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And that's something that it wasn't until I met all these guys that I was like, hey, I can tell people if I'm overwhelmed that I need a break if I'm out with them. I can tell them that this is why I'm this way. Mm -hmm. And they get it. I've I've told them. They they know know my insanity. They all know I'm insane. The reason I'm so grateful for the group is because with my dad dying, I honestly spent the summer indoors. Mm -hmm. After I broke up with my ex, he caused me to have a body image because on top of that, I was on birth control that had me gain 15 pounds. And I'm not a self-conscious person whatsoever. Mm -hmm. So that was a first. Dealing with my dad's death with all my mental health issues. And I literally was not seeing Damien. Like I went weeks and weeks without seeing him. And he kept saying, Come and join the group, come and join the group, come and join the group. And I know um, David is like that with Adrian too. And so I, at first I was like, I'll go, I'll go. And then eventually I finally went to, to an event and I was like, okay, this is fun. I'm enjoying this. Mm-hmm. And in a way, it's helped me with my mental health because I have people I can lean on. If I want to go hang out with someone, I can call someone up. I had mm-hmm. uh, dinner with Megan this week and then, and she's the best and she cooks amazing. And I text Damien every day, and I know, and now I have Lala's friend, best friend Michelle, who's the kindest person. This morning I woke up to a text from her saying, kick, kick ass today. And I was like, oh my God, I'm totally going to steal you from Lala. <laughs> and so doing all these things has helped me be much, I mean, I'm already, like I said, open and honest, mm-hmm. but like it's being, being able to communicate with people and let them know, yeah. this is why I am the way I am. Mm-hmm. This is why I act the way I do. And, and communicating with that because that's important. Because yeah. if you can do it with, yeah, if you can do it with friends, if I can do it right here, honestly, then that means I can do it in a relationship. Exactly. Like, yeah. it's exactly. honestly, when it comes to having mental health illnesses, mental health illnesses you're kind of learning it's kind of like you're a kid, so you're kind of learning how to verbalize. Because yeah. I liked Adrian's idea of writing everything down because I'm like that. I'm a writer. Yeah. I'm a poet. 
Well, I'm not a poet, I'm a writer. Um, so I like that idea because in a way when I write something down, it's easier for me to hand it to the person I'm with and be like, this is why I feel the way I feel. I can't verbally tell you, but this poem that I wrote will, un- will help you understand mm-hmm. why I acted this way or why I'm triggered. Literally, when I'm upset, that's my first thing I do. I write a poem and yeah. it ends up being badass. Mm-hmm. Always. So <laughs> it's using, that's definitely one of my coping mechanisms. And using these things, I'm learning, like, I was listening to the podcast, so I love how you said <laughs> the guy in my phone. So the guy yeah. is in my phone right now. I will show him my poems, and I'll tell him sometimes. I'm like, I honestly can't communicate this right. I'm very honest about that. Sometimes I literally can't put into words how I feel, what I'm feeling, why I'm overwhelmed, why all of this is happening. Mm-hmm. But give me a few days to collect myself. Or here, read this poem. This, then this will help you understand why I'm like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think it's really important for people who are in the group that don't necessarily get a chance to interact with people who do have depression or anxiety often, mm-hmm. because those are the people that make you feel small when you talk and you say something, and it, it should be something that's open. Mm-hmm. It should always be something that's open, you know, because, hey, if I'm sitting across from someone and I just met them and they're like, ah, eh, well, I kind of have some a little anxiety about, you know, coming here, I could be like, hmm, do you want to hold my hand? Because if you're around me, there's really no need to be anxious, right? Mm -hmm. Immediately diffuse the situation. And I can only do that if they speak. Anybody, no one can help you unless you speak because they don't know how to say anything. Mm -hmm. You know, so communication is huge, but then also being brave enough to communicate is huge Mm -hmm. because people are just scared to say something. You know, so you just need to be, as a, as a human being, you need to just create the available platform for people to communicate with you. Yeah. And then by way of that, if they give you that information, that's sacred information. And you can choose to use it against them like an asshole. Or you can choose to take that information and try to help them grow as a person. Because by way of that, mm-hmm. you have no choice but to grow with them. Because now you, you've in turn helped them get to the next level. You know, like me with my social anxiety. It always helps me if I walk into a building with someone. I didn't know that, mm-hmm. you know, until it took me some time to like actually do it a couple times and be like, oh, I actually really prefer to like go into a big open setting when I have somebody next to me as opposed to just like walk in and be like, I don't know who's here. That freaks me out. Mm-hmm. It just does. And that's not something that I can help. I've had issues with crowds since I was like under 10. You know, so like big groups of people or big parties, even so the first, <laughs> I'll be honest with you, the first house party that we had, it was at Shalanda's house mm. for SA Singles. I didn't realize that the volume of people in the apartment was going to be so big, mm. you know, so like, and I'm, I'm normally someone who's very confident, you know, when it's five people or less. That's just me, <laughs> right? If, if it's a large group of people, I'm not the type to command attention because I don't necessarily know what to do with the attention, nor do I appreciate everybody looking at me. I'd rather be in the corner, yeah. right? That's just me as a person. So I walk in and everyone's like, oh, hey, and like kind of looking at me, but not really talking to me. There were like 20 people crammed in this apartment. Yes. And when oh. I tell you my anxiety went through the roof. Yeah, mine did too. It wasn't even funny. Like I couldn't, I physically couldn't 
verbally couldn't interact with anybody. Mm -hmm. I found a spot on the floor and I sat down and said nothing. I literally had to walk out to my car for like a good 20 minutes and I I was at the same party. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just it, it's just it was too, very too overwhelming. much for me. Yeah. You know, so, but but me knowing that as a person, I knew okay, let me just collect myself for 10 minutes, sit on the floor and then see if I could talk to the person next to me and see if they're receptive. Mm-hmm. Because I just need that one person to be like, okay, yes, I'll have a conversation with you. And be like, cool. Relax me. Mm-hmm. My rude ass ignored you. You ignored the shit out of me. <laughs> the y'all didn't know each other like that yet? No, no I was strong. Oh. And I was, like, I was like, oh, cool. This is the Keo person that Damien keeps talking about. And I apologized to her because I felt so bad. And I went up to her and I was like, oh, hey. And she was like, mm. And just like kept walking. Aww. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I'm a bitch, though. Like, that's not a lie. Like, I stayed there for an hour tops and then I left. Because oh. I just couldn't find anyone to really latch on to or mm-hmm. connect with you know but what is cool is being able to be on your podcast mm-hmm. to even be able to meet you to know you to experience you as a person before you move that's really cool I and i wouldn't that. have been able to do that yeah you know what's cool is being able to take adrian somebody that i met through my best friend michelle and say hey dude you're single too join this group and then boom He's friends with David. He's he's talking to Keo. You know, like we're all just trying to make some connections, and I think it's amazing because now when we get together, we know that we're all friends. We're all like-minded. Yeah. We all know each other. We'll probably watch a movie, play some games, and cook some damn good food. We did that Sunday Definitely. night. Yeah, and that's just a much better time. Yeah. So, you know, mental health and, and self-care kind of have a lot to do with each other. Mm-hmm. You know, and something about, you know, friendships really translates into dating which I really do love, you know, being able to actually hear her for everything, hear Keo for mm-hmm. everything that she tells me with no judgment. If I can do it for her, someone that I'm not romantically interested in, that means I that I can, I can do it. <laughs> I can do it for someone who I am romantically interested mm-hmm. in. Yeah. You know, so it's all practice if you're mm-hmm. open to it. It's all practice. It so creating practice. those, skill. it is a skill. Creating mm-hmm. those real friendships. You're increasing your emotional IQ. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Mm-hmm. Real friendships. And the thing is that, like, I've always been, like, outgoing and social and all of, so that's not new for me, but... Once you have all this lieu of trauma and it shoots, it becomes harder because in a way you're like, how can I talk to you when you have no idea what I'm going through every day? Yeah, exactly. And that's why I said, again, it's up to that person to be self-aware, like um, Adrian said, and be like, well, okay, this person doesn't get it, but I need to also make the effort myself because mm-hmm. that's something that I feel people forget with mental illness. That I definitely agree on that. Um me growing up Hispanic, I had, grew up with my grandma, my mom, and my four aunts under one roof. Mm-hmm. I was the firstborn and the first boy for a really long time. So something I will mention about Adrian is that he knows how to navigate like a woman's apartment without feeling like he's in the way or like overbearing or in your <laughs> space. Like he is just a little phantom that goes he through is. and he never bothers anybody. So you don't even, I being never, raised I with all women. <laughs> did that for you. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, learned, I guess though. apparently that you learn sense. things about yourself every day. Yeah. <laughs> so one thing growing up in that environment as a guy, Hispanic guy, especially in the border town, there's a lot of machismo there. Mm-hmm. So a lot of things is I'm surrounded by emotions, but mine weren't typically heard. I didn't understand mm-hmm. if I was supposed to speak out or not or certain things. So it was it became common practice to kind of just hush it down, hush it down, hush it down because of the environment. Mm-hmm. Everybody else's voices were louder than mine. I'm, I'm a guy in a Hispanic you know, Mexican traditional community. Mm-hmm. And, you know, male figures aren't necessarily the best way to talk about it too because they're in the same boat as you. Yeah. So I, there's definitely, I saw, you know, 
pretty much when I decided to like just kind of be done with the same cycles to, to apply myself is I noticed the gap in emotional IQ from like maybe a traditional Hispanic male to you know just a female a day-to-day daily female there's a huge gap like I didn't know that I was uh, experiencing social anxiety but the only thing I knew is that I was frustrated I didn't know that I was feeling some sort of depression I just knew that I I was just mad at something. Mm-hmm. And so I, I couldn't really connect the dots into exactly what I was feeling, so it made communication hard. It wasn't until like you just you know, go through different things and you just kind of get tired of the same cycle. Mm-hmm. You want to start and you, you do, I guess in a, in a way my wedge when I started this was uh, just to start paying attention to my reactions. Why did this string something? Why am I upset about that? Mm-hmm. Why is this making me happy? Is it because of this or that? Is it past related trauma or is it me or is it nature nurture kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, 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 you have to want to do it from within. You have to want to break that chain because it, in a sense, if you don't know yourself, how do you expect for everybody else to get to know you? Facts on so, facts on facts. So that's like, yeah. if, if you ever want like a starting point, I, like, I would recommend that. Just start your wedge somewhere and say, what are my, like, just record it similar to a food log, an emotional log. Mm-hmm. What and there's apps for Genius. that. There's apps. I've done it before where you literally list what happened in the day. What made mm-hmm. you upset? Like there are, let's come on, we're all millennials. My therapist yeah, actually yeah. suggested that, and so that's something that I did for about two or three months. What just would you like search out. to find something like that? Um, just like in your app store. Yeah, uh, I think it was called like a um, Happy Journal. Yeah, okay. honestly, like a di- put like emotional diary, okay. something mm-hmm. like that yeah, along yeah. the lines. And it was so simple because like if I had the day, it would just it beeped me at like ten a.m. Mm-hmm. Like how did you feel when you woke up today? It does that. Yeah, that's true. And then I can put like meh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, it gives I you little good. emoji faces. Little to, faces. To yeah. Kind of pinpoint it, and mm-hmm. it made me. It did make me realize how many times I hit meh mm-hmm. when I woke up in the middle of the day before I went to sleep. I was just meh yeah. for like two whole months. Oh dang! You know, yeah. so yeah. being able to put, I felt happy today. Wow, that felt really good mm-hmm. to be like, holy crap, I woke up today and I was in a good mood. Like, okay, what did I do last night? That changed that. What did I think about before I went to bed? Mm-hmm. You know, what did I think about when I woke up this morning? What time did I wake up? Did that have anything to do with why I woke up in a better mood? Did I go to the gym yesterday? So then you can actually start figuring out, okay, something that I did made me happy. That go, that's your starting point, you know, go from that point and then just branch off. Yeah. That's so a great idea. The, the happy yeah. journal, yeah, I think it's a great idea. Start, start anywhere, whatever your yeah. creative outlet is, just use it. Yeah. You know, just make so everybody's sure. different. And then yeah. eventually, that's also like your creative outlet is also your way of showing your friends, your partner, mm-hmm. why you're experiencing what you're experiencing, why you're feeling what you're feeling. I mean, look at art, look at poetry, look yeah. at anything. It's all expression. It's all, exactly. So yeah. sometimes a person doesn't need to say anything, but if they get up on stage and perform a poem, you're like, well, I get it. Like, a few weeks mm-hmm. after my dad had died, my friend Six, a phenomenal person, invited me to do an open night, and she was like, I want you to perform. And I had written a piece about my dad's death. Mm-hmm. And I performed it, and while I performed it, I cried. And it was, in a way, it was, obviously, I don't like crying in front of people, but it was very, in a way, like, Literally. yeah, I don't know how to say that word in English, como me salvo. You deliberated, freedom. Yeah, like in a way it There's helped. It helped, and mm-hmm. I and it was very cathartic for me. And the funny thing is that when I performed the poem, I was talking about that my dad died on the fourth of December, 
And one of the girls goes, my dad died on the 4th of mm. December seven right. years ago. So wow. that helped me connect with someone. So That's awesome. people forget that sometimes our us using our mechanisms, especially us creative folks, mm-hmm. help us help people understand us better and how we function and why we work the way we work yeah. and how to approach a subject with us about certain things. In my case, I'm a very forward person. I would just appreciate you just honestly being at, and, and like I said, I'll go back to Lala. Lala's very straightforward. So I answered her question and I appreciate that, especially if she's coming from a place and know she's coming from a place of concern and wanting to understand. Mm-hmm. And love. Yeah, and love. Because don't if you don't one. tell me what's up, I don't know how to love you, mm-hmm. dude. And that's all that I want to do. That's yeah. why it's so important to communicate when you're feeling some type of way. The person on the other end has no idea what you need. They don't yeah. know, and they're yeah. kind of, they're they end up being just like, as frustrated. As like an ex boyfriend, it's I don't know what's wrong right now, or yeah. with like myself, or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Help me help you, and by you know kind of thing like why are you being so emotional right now i know it's the, the worst thing to say yeah. but like sometimes it's like okay this is out of the norm what's going on yeah and communicate. you can't communicate that or even you yourself don't know what's going on yeah okay let's start somewhere but you have to be open to peel back the layers and look at yes. yourself and even look at the nastier sides of yourself mm-hmm. and be like this is still me but it's what i do with it from here on out yeah. is going to make me the person that i want to be so I would say if you've got a hard time with communicating, either communicate, and if you're in denial about where you are right now, don't date anybody. Yeah, definitely. Don't do that yeah. to yourself definitely. because yeah. you're going to make and yourself worse. And don't put it over worse. to anybody else. Yeah. yeah. And don't put it to anybody else because you have no idea. I've been on the end where I'm trying to understand, and that's, that's why I'm like this. Mm-hmm. I spent years trying to understand someone's depression, and I couldn't because they couldn't tell me what they needed. They couldn't tell me what they liked. They couldn't tell me what would make them happy. And I was sitting here trying to guess. And all it did was make us distant. Mm-hmm. Because there's, uh, what am I supposed to do? What am I, if, if you can't tell me what's up, I want to love you. But what? how? How? You have to tell me how. Yeah, I definitely stayed away from dating once. Like, you can't. Because I also feel that the problem with some people are that if they find out they're going through something and they have some type of mental illness, they they lose themselves in someone. That's not healthy. Yeah. You can't lose yourself in someone or something. You need to be able to deal with yourself, mm-hmm. control your emotions, settle yourself down. Like sometimes when I'm really overwhelmed, literally my, my, mom, my mom will be like, did you take a Xanax today? And I'll be like, no, I haven't. She goes, maybe go ahead and take one. Because I know that I'm so angry and livid and I will literally rip off someone's face. And she'll be like, you need to calm down, regroup, and then get back to whatever's going on. And if I can't do that on my own, how am I supposed to do it with someone else? Mm -hmm. So I'm in a really good place now where the person is in my phone. I'm very honest about what I'm going through. I'm very honest with my friends what I'm going through. I communicate like, okay, I have to do this. I have to do that. I make my mental health. My mental health will always be my number one priority. Because yeah. if I'm not happy, yeah. you're definitely not going to be happy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's a big thing with our relationships in general. Because you were somebody mentioned earlier about cutting off people who kind of emotionally weren't I guess, caring for the mm-hmm. way that you felt. So I had to do that a lot. And um, all of that happened about a year ago, around this time. So that's when I started being like, I don't have any friends. But, you know, 
in the place that I'm in now, it's really good. And I'm going to have to, I'm, I'm glad that I went through this period of time because when I move, I'm going to have to figure it out all over again. Exactly. <laughs> so. and, and you're going to realize that, oh man, I'm feeling depressed. It's not depression. It's just loneliness. Yeah. It is. And, and you're homesick in a way. Yeah. 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 But then y'all have taught me how to fix that. Yeah. Like, or even like with my podcast. Lala I've been I, making plenty of yeah. like lots of friends. Lala and I, for example, like Lala, I had the same experience when I first moved here. I was by myself. Yeah. I met Damien off of Tinder. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's so funny. He mentioned that. It's a the purely pl- platonic thing. Yeah, honestly. yeah, yeah. I swear, people of the internet. Um, and I learned, <laughs> I learned how to navigate that because you do encounter sadness and loneliness when you're in a new yeah. place, and that's completely normal. And I learned how to deal with that. I, when I was in Orlando, I was by myself. My coworkers became my best friends, and now I'm still really good friends with some of them. Yeah, and. Um, when I got here, I took advantage of what I had. I, I, I in college, I've joined clubs and I did this. I think people also need to be proactive about wanting to make relationships. If you want to stay at home and be sad and cry about what's wrong, yeah. well, that's on you, boo. Yeah. Fine. I'm sorry. I don't. I don't feel bad for but you. But that's so true. Because the whole first year that I was here, that's exactly what I did. Yeah. I just cried. I was sad. I was broke. I was depressed. I didn't know what I was supposed to do. I was in a relationship, so I wasn't really trying to go out. Yeah. Because every time I go out. guess what I meet dudes so like I'm not trying to be out there like that I'm trying to like find a chick who's kind of cool but bitches are mean man (laughs) I can figure out how to like make friends like constructively yeah Yeah, so it does take time but at the end of the day I also Mm. wasn't communicating Mm -hmm. well at all you know if I met a girl that I liked that I thought could be my friend I didn't say anything I was just like oh she's kind of cool then am I going to text her and reach out to her? No, because I'm a depressed little bitch that wants to stay inside. Yeah. You know, so it's like I could have I could have made decisions better to change faster, mm-hmm. but I wasn't fully aware of what I was really going through. You know, I'm thinking it's depression. No, I'm homesick and I'm lonely. Find some people to hang out with. You need to take Figure out what makes you happy. Yeah, mm-hmm. You know, get a hobby, get something that gets you going, gets you moving, gets you a reason to get out of the house because that's just the hardest part is taking your first step. Yeah. But... One of my greatest friends in the world always says, motion creates emotion. You know, so once you start, you can't help but continue. But you have to take that first step. You have to, or else you're just going to be standing there. I think you also need to take advantage of people that want to want to form a relationship with you. Like my friend Amy in San Marcos. I remember I met her the first date, and I was overwhelmed by how peppy she was. She's like, oh, here, take my number. We can go out. And at first I was like, the fuck? And now here I am two years later, and I spend New Year's with her. Like, it's a tradition. Mm -hmm. And she's one of the people where I know that if I want to spend all day in her bed sad, she lets me do that. Mm -hmm. If I want to spend all day with her and not talk and and not do anything, she lets me do that. And um, she was, like, a great example, and Damien's also a great example of, relationships that I took advantage of Mm -hmm. to help me make a life for myself, help me get out there. Because Mm -hmm. as someone that's depressed, anxiety-ridden, ADHD-ridden, I can easily just get into my bubble and not communicate. I can do it easily. Mm -hmm. I will stay in. I will hang out with my dog, my mom, and that's it. And I'll be like, screw everybody else. But that's that's not healthy. And I'm making memories, and I'm making friendships, and I'm taking... We have a lot of great photographers, a.k.a. Titi David, who's over here always taking pictures of us. And, like, I'm, and it makes me happy. It makes me happy that I have all these people I get to spend time with and people that I've gotten to meet that have, in a way, 
changed my life because I, I told them one of the reasons I'm going back to school is because I'm hanging out with all these people and they're all older than me and brilliant and well-educated and I'm like, the fuck? I need to get on their level. Yeah, we really need to remember though that we're a community species. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We need to remember that. And people, they, they create communities as families you know what I mean? But, like, they don't really think to create communities as friends. Yeah. Like, we're missing that whole section. And mm-hmm. I feel like making friends is a prerequisite for having a good relationship mm-hmm. with a significant other. Exactly. It really is. Because if you, if you can't, if you don't have any friends, dude, what does that say about you as a person? You have bad communication skills. Mm-hmm. You know, you're probably a little bit self-absorbed. Or you just don't go out. You don't go out and you don't put yourself out there, right? Mm-hmm. That sucks. Yeah. But if you're around enough people, you are forced to. Yeah. You are. Also, you a are red flag. Forced to. A red flag in someone that you're dating, especially as someone that has mental health issues, if they don't like socializing with your friends or going out mm-hmm. with you, that's a major that's good, yeah. no. My ex, that was an issue. If we went out, we'd sometimes go out with his friends. But even that was very rare. He wasn't one to go out. And he and when I would invite him to come hang out with my friends, he wouldn't want to. And I'm, like Lala said, I'm someone that I need quality time. That's how I form my relationships. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's like, you're someone I care about and I'm having a romantic relationship with. Um, my friends are important. They're part of my support system. Correct. Which is incredibly important. Yeah. I can't not spend time with them. You can't be my only focus, especially since you're not my husband. So it's kind of like if you find someone that isn't allowing you to do that or is jealous, that red flag, no. And we talk about this in the group. That's something we've since the get-go. What are the red flags with the person you're dating? Mm -hmm. What are red flags that affect you that you know are going to mess you up? Mm -hmm. So if you're starting to see these flags from the get-go, you need to cut it. Bye, bye. No, we don't waste our time on trash. Yeah. No, we're too good. We're too good for people. And we just need to remember that, like, good things take time. Okay, guys. So we've been talking for over an hour now. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, it goes by fast. I want to thank y'all for joining me because a big part of the reason, and I've probably said this before, why I wanted to start the podcast is to to have these types of conversations. <laughs> the reason why I started, I tried to find podcasts to listen to and nothing really was intriguing to me or related to like my life. It'd be really like monotone, boring, things that I could not just relate to. And I, this is like a thing, like a saying of mine, is I feel like we live our lives based off of our relationship status. Mm-hmm. Whether it be single, in a relationship, married, whatever the heck the case may be. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to make a podcast to bring people together so that we can all express our different points of view. Because if we're not expressing it and you know, we're keeping it to ourselves. Other people can't benefit from the things that we're saying. So with this specific episode, I know that people will be able to take from it. And to me, that means so much that y'all were here to join me to help get that across to everybody who's listening. Because a lot of the times, these things that we've said, they can't hear it because nobody's telling them. So they need to find a way for it to be heard. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we did a great job at that today. So I wanted thank to you. thank you guys again for thank joining you. Thank, thank you for having us. You're welcome. Awesome. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Single AF 101, a dating podcast for everyone.